you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. I honor the grace of God upon this altar and upon this commission. I honor the grace of God upon Papa and Mama, and it's under that grace I'll be ministering. A few weeks ago, I was listening to SPFA Gabriel. He was talking about how he was caught by surprise and he was picked on to preach. Little did I know that life is turn by turn, and today is one of those of my turn. So you are not alone, SPA Gabriel. So my advice to all of us, uh, I think Matthew 25, he says, be alert, <laughs> be vigilant, watch and pray, be ready and prepared, because you don't know the hour or the day. Praise the Lord. Tonight, we shall be talking on the topic of priesthood of believers. Say priesthood of believers. I want us to go to the book of Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6. We want us to establish the foundation. We want to establish doctrine. Exodus 19, 6. We are going to have four scriptures which are going to be our base scriptures. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. First Peter 2.5 That is the Old Testament. We want to go to the New Testament so that we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. First Peter 2.5 First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 he also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Just go to 2.9, 1 Peter 2.9. In this scripture, I want to look at the word priest and the word priesthood. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The last scripture is Revelation chapter 5 and verse 10. Revelations 5 and verse 10. And hast thou made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. For a matter to be established as a doctrine, it requires to be prophetic. That means the prophet said it, 
or practice it. We are finding it in the Old Testament, Exodus. It has to be messianic. That means that the Lord Jesus Christ must have said it or practiced it. Now, when we go to Hebrews 5.5, 5, we shall encounter the portion of scripture where Jesus Christ has become our high priest. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, we have also read from Peter, who is a chief apostle of the apostles. So, the doctrine is established by the prophet. It is established uh, by the apostles and it's also messianic. Praise the name of the Lord. There is a principle in Bible interpretation. It's called the law of first mention. The law of first mention. We want to look at when is a word priest or priesthood used in the Bible and in what context. We just want to lay the parameters so that we are guided in terms of doctrine. Genesis 14 and verse 18. There's going to be a little bit of uh, scriptures. Genesis 14 verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. This is the first time we encounter the name priest. Abraham is coming from a battle of the kings. He's coming back with victory. And as he's coming back, Abraham encounters a kingdom functionary. This functionary by the name of Melchizedek is a king of Salem. He is a king. I want you to mark the word king. And is also a priest. So this is the first encounter in the Bible of a functionary, a kingdom functionary, who function in the office of a king and function in the office of a priest. Praise the name of the Lord. And I want to believe this is the first time the Holy Communion is mentioned because he administered bread and wine. Praise the name of the Lord. The word priesthood, where do we find the word priesthood? Give me Genesis 40 verse 15. NIV, give me the NIV version, captures it very well. So we have established when the name priest, how it is used and in which context. We have found out that there is a priest in the order of Melchizedek by the name Melchizedek who functions in the two offices, the office of a king and the office of a priest. For I was, is it uh, Genesis 40, 15? Am I getting right? Oh, anoint them. She says, anoint them just as you anointed their father. I think it's, uh, this must be Exodus. Just try Exodus 40, 15. Exodus 40, 15. Sorry, sorry. Yes, Exodus. Anoint them just as you anointed their father so that they may serve me as priest. The anointing will be to a priesthood that will continue for all generations to come. The scripture here is talking about Moses. God instructs Moses and tell him to call Aaron, his brother, and his sons to be anointed to serve as priests in the tabernacle. So it's the Lord who instituted 
the ministry of priesthood. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, we shall be looking deeper on who are these priests, how they were appointed, and how they functioned and operated. Now, we want to go back to the creation mandate, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Just bear with me. We are building foundation. We are building line upon line and precept upon Genesis, the dominion mandate. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fall of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 28. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fall of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. When we read this scripture, we find when God created man, it was for a purpose. And he gave Adam a mandate. It is called the dominion mandate. Now this mandate covers three territories. The first one it says, uh, you shall have dominion over the sea, that is the, uh, the fish of the sea, verse 28. Now, in this realm, Adam had dominion over the aquatic region. The aquatic refers to the water, the river, and the marine. That is why as believers, we exercise mandate over the aquatic region. Praise the name of the Lord. The second mandate was over the fish, uh, over the falls of the air. That covers the region, the atmospheric region. So the first region is what? Aquatic. We're talking about the water, the river, the sea, the ocean, and the marine. The next one is atmospheric. I don't want to go deeper into it, the dimension of the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven, but it's atmospheric. The third scope of the mandate is over all the earth. It is called territorial. Say territorial. So the mandate was aquatic. Two, it was atmospheric. Three, it was territorial. Are you good students? Genesis 2.7. As we build up, you're going to see why we are keeping referring to these scriptures. Genesis 2.7. Uh, and the Lord God found man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The construction of man, the structure of man is that man has a spirit, man has a body, and man has a soul. Man has a spirit, 
Man has a body. Man has a soul. This compartment makes man a borderline creature or a borderline creation. He operates in the realm of the invisible, the spiritual realm, by his spirit, he's able to connect. By his body, he's able to interface in the visible realm, the physical realm. So the soul, the Bible says, God breathed into man and man became a living soul. The soul comprises of the will, the mind, and the emotion. And this is where the battle is. Say the battle of the soul. One of the greatest, the greatest battles we have in the world today, it is a battle of the soul. So man as a borderline creation, he's able to move into the realm of the spirit, the invisible realm by his spirit, and is able to interface with the physical realm through the body. We interface the physical realm through our senses, the five senses, physical senses. By the spirit, there are three chambers of the spirit. One of the chambers of the spirit is fellowship, communion, and intuition. Fellowship, communion, and intuition. By fellowship, man is able to connect to the realm of the spirit. Now, man can decide either to serve in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness by opening up his spirit to that dimension. But for us, we open our spirit to operate in the dimension of the invisible realm in the throne of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Genesis 2.15 Genesis, we have looked at the first mention, the word priest, the word priesthood, where it was applied, and the context with which it was applied. Now, when you come to Genesis 2.15, after God created man, gave him the mandate, he put him in a garden, the Garden of Eden. This is a story we know from our Sunday school days. So, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress, to dress it and to keep it. So Adam's primary function in the garden was to dress the garden and to keep it. Now when you look at the root words, the root meaning of these two words, they narrow down to priesthood and kingship. That is the mandate that Adam was uh, conducting in the Garden of Eden priesthood and kingship. We know during after Adam has, fall, has fell, God comes to him and asks him, Adam, where art thou? This is God all-knowing. Nothing is hidden from him. Why does he ask Adam, where are you? Does it mean that God was not physically seeing where Adam was? Adam had fallen from his position which he had occupied of kingship and priesthood.
Having established that, we have established the doctrine, we have established the mandate, we have established the structure of man. I want to give some three definitions of priesthood. There could be more. One of the definitions of priesthood, it is the ability to connect to heaven while on earth. You wield power from the throne of God and that power find expression in the visible realm, the natural realm. I'll take it again. It is the ability to connect to heaven while on earth. You wield power from the throne room of God and that power finds expression on the realm of the visible. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't be too silent on me. It's a bit scary. So, as I said, uh, SPFA Gabriel had his day. So, when you keep quiet, you make it, you're not making it even better for me. <laughs> so, I need some encouragement by shouting amen. amen. Amen? Thank you. Now, what is priesthood? It is the ability to advance the kingdom of God. The ability to advance the kingdom of God. Matthew 11, 12. Matthew 11, 12. says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it up by force. Are we advocating for physical violence? No. We are saying that we have to be violent in the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. When Papa was sharing about what happened in Busia, I got disturbed. And I was wondering as prayer team, did we, were we not in our watch? Did we let off something when the team was traveling, when these things were happening? Did we exercise priesthood properly? But Papa said there's going to be a return match in Busia. Praise the name of the Lord. In football, we call it a return match, eh? It's an away match and it's a return match. Eh? But we are ready for them. Praise the name of the Lord. So we shall exercise priesthood. Uh, the ability, I've said it's the ability to uh, advance the kingdom of God. The third definition, what is priesthood? It is the ability as the custodian of authority conferred on us as believers to challenge powers of darkness to challenge satanic priesthood and recover territories and souls praise the name of the lord papa has taught about authority he has talked to us about power so when you exercise priesthood you are exercising that authority. You are working out that power. Who can remember the four names of power you were taught? The first one. I'm just you know, shout, say, hello. Dunamis. Iskos. 
Kratos. The other one was which one? Exousia. So in priesthood, we exercise that authority that has been conferred on us as believers to challenge powers of darkness and to challenge satanic priesthood with the ultimate goal of capturing territories and souls. God is interested in territories. God is interested in souls. That's why you find Papa is moving to Eldoret, planting a church. Kiricho planting a church in territories. We plant churches in territories. Then we win souls in those territories. We move to establish the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Christ. We shall be looking at the book of Revelation. The ultimate goal is that all kingdoms becomes the kingdom of our God and his Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. So we have been called to conquer kingdoms. Ephesians, uh, it was not in the, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, 3.10, Ephesians 3.10. Give me Ephesians 3.10. The intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Paul talks about the mystery, the plan, why Christ came. He says the ultimate, when you go to read from verse 9 uh, coming to 10, is that the church may manifest the manifold wisdom of God unto principalities and powers and the heavenly powers. So we have been called to show forth the manifold wisdom of God. One of the ways, and I submit to us, is by exercising priesthood. The last definition. Priesthood is kingdom legislation and litigation. Say kingdom legislation, kingdom legislation. and litigation. It is the ability to obtain verdicts from the courtroom of heaven and enforce them by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the angelic host. Obtaining verdicts. Our president today, I was following the, the celebrations. Though Kenyan is not a monarch, the president made a declaration. And he said, I might quote, no, I might not quote it exactly. He said, the curfew from dusk to dawn, the order has been vacated, and it is seizes forthwith. That is a decree. He moved into the function of a king. He made a decree. And when a decree is made, all enforcing agents are on alert. Any roadblock that was placed has been removed. Anything to do with curfew has been removed. Why? A verdict, a decree has been made. So one of the dimensions of priesthood is to access God as judge. You can study this 
Luke chapter 18, the whole of Luke chapter 18, from verse 1 to 7, talks about this widow lady who went to an righteous judge to, uh, to seek justice from this unrighteous judge. The ultimate of that story is that God says, I think in verse 7, Luke 18, 7. Can you give us Luke 18, 7? Luke 18, 7. The dimension of God as a judge. We go to God as a father, our father who art in heaven, help me. Hallowed be thy name. And thy will be done on earth as it is. Temptation. The dimension of going to Father, to God as the Father. There is a dimension of going to God as a judge. We go to God in the courtroom of heaven and we present our cause. It is on the basis of the finished work of the cross of Calvary. We go and present the merit of the cross of Calvary the blood of Jesus and what is accomplished for us. The accuser, the devil, accuses us in that court. But Jesus is our advocate in that court. What happens? God is our father. He's a judge. If you went to a judge who is your father, what do you expect? Favor. So we present and we get a verdict. Where we lose it out most of the time, if you went to court and you are given an order, it remains a paper. You know, I don't want to say, it remain, it's not, unless it is effected, it doesn't take effect until it's actioned. So once you get that order, you must have an agency that is going to enforce that order. You either the police, a chief, or whoever. You have obtained the order but then it must be enforced. So the work of priesthood is that we pick verdicts on behalf of ourselves, our families, community, our church, our nation, the body of Christ. We take those verdicts and we enforce them. These verdicts are based on the promises of the word of God. Yeah, we take them and we enforce them. We do that by priesthood. Praise the name of the Lord. When was the call to priesthood made? Exodus 19.6 The first call to priesthood. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Here is Moses. The children of Israel have come from Egypt. They are on their way. They are in the wilderness. God speaks to Moses. And says, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. So the call was to the whole nation of Israel. The whole nation that came from, from slavery. Yeah? So the call was open to all. We are going to look in the New Testament. Is this call also open to all of us? Am I exempted? I want to tell to, uh, to submit to us that there is no exemption. No one has an exemption. 
All of us have been called to be priests. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Revelation 5.10. This is Christ. Revelation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on earth. So Christ has made us unto God kings and priests. Say, I am a king. And I am a priest. It is my duty to make declarations and decrees as a king and to exercise priesthood as a priest. Exodus 28 verse 1. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me in the priest office even Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. The first call was to the whole nation of Israel. Then the call went narrowed to the house of Aaron. Now, this is what we call the Levitical or the Aaronic priesthood. Levi was the son of, who was Levi? The son of Jacob, Israel. Yeah? So the priesthood was narrowed to the house of Levi, but then it narrowed down to the house of Aaron. Levi had three sons. One was Geshon, the other one was Kohath, the other one was Merari. Geshon, Kohath, and Merari. Kohath is a grandfather of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. Who knows the name of uh, Moses' father? I remember my, I was in the same situation. My daughter rescued me one time. He asked me that question and he gave me the answer. It's called Amram. Amram. So in the tree of Levi, he has three sons, Geshon, Kohath. We want to focus on Kohath. Kohath has a son called Amram. Amram is the father of uh, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. So these were called to function as priests. The sons of Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar were called to be priests. But Aaron was called to be the high priest. So there were two offices. Say high priest and priests. So there was only one high priest. Only one. And the sons, the four sons served as priests. Now, we'll come to the tabernacle because this is where the priesthood was exercised. And we shall be looking at the tabernacle and to see how was priesthood exercised in the Old Testament what can we learn out of it and how do we exercise priesthood in the New Testament? And it will be a lot. All priests are Levites. All priests are Levites, but not all Levites are priests. All priests are Levites but not all Levites are priests. So the sons of Levi, 
he had other sons. They didn't function in the office of, all of them did not function in the office of the priest. It was only Kohath, the line of Amram, and Aaron. The other served as Levites. They had other functions within the temple. But the priesthood, offering of sacrifices and the worship in the temple was done by the priest and the priesthood. Now, the tabernacle, I would like you to go and read Exodus chapter 25. In fact, there are six chapters, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Then 31 talks about who were empowered to build the tabernacle. So when you see the Bible apportioning six chapters on a matter, then that is a serious matter. So at your own time, I would like you to go and read. So in summary, the, term, the tabernacle had three compartments. Who can tell me which one and which one? Papa has taught us that one. I can't hear you. Outer court, yes? <laughs> Somebody said inner court. <laughs> yes. Yes. What was the name for the inner court? It was called? The holy place, eh? Then the other one was? The holy of holies. So this was the area of operation of the, the priest and the high priest. Now, the tabernacle had a gate. And the gate had curtains. And these curtains had four colors. Purple. There was blue. There was white. And there was scarlet. So when you see some of the colors around here, they have been properly chosen, eh? So when you see these colors, see purple, you see blue, you see white, scarlet, they have a meaning. They signify the office of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as you come to the tabernacle, the type of it, because the Old Testament is a New Testament concealed, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Say with me, the Old Testament, the Old Testament. is a New Testament Concealed, the, uh, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So these were types and shadows that were pointing to Christ. So for you to enter into the tabernacle, you are to pass through those curtains. They signified Christ as king, Christ as servant, and Christ the eternal life. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, as you brought your offering, that was a lamb or a bull, it would be taken by the priest. The priest functioned in the outer court and in the holy of holies. In the holy. The holy of holies was only the domain and the preserve of the high priest. When an offering was brought, it was taken to the brazen altar. There was an altar at the outer court. It would be killed for sacrifice to get the blood. Paul says, I die daily. So for you to function as a priest, you have to die to self and you have to die daily. Uh, Romans 12, 1, offer. Uh, have Bible scholars here, please. I beseech you by the brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable sacrifice. 
So continually, uh, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. So the brazen altar was a place of death. So as a priest, you must die to self, you must die to some things for you to function effectively in the office of a priest. Praise the name of the Lord. The second place was the lava. The lava was a basin where the, the, the priest would wash their hands, yeah? signifying cleansing. This in the New Testament is sanctification by the Holy Spirit. So for you to function in the office of the priest in the New Testament, to function in the priesthood, you must be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was a type, it was a shadow, it was by cleaning. From there, we go to the holy, to the holy place. The holy place was the preserve and the domain of the priests. Now, there were four things, four instruments that were found uh, in, the, in, the, in the holy place. One was the table of shewbread. There was a table which are 12 loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel signifying nourishment and sustenance that they were putting their faith that the Lord God will provide and sustain them. On the left, there was the menorah. Menorah is the seven candlestick. How many have seen it? Maybe now, have you seen the menorah? Menorah, maybe in photos, a few of us. The menorah had six lampstands, three on the right, three on the left, and one in the middle. There are seven. The significance of this was that numbers have significance. One, there was three, three, and one in the middle. One represent God. Our Lord God is one. The six represented man. The seven together represent perfection. So it was God illuminating man. Now when you function as a priest, even in the New Testament, in the holy place, the only light in the holy place was the light of the menorah. The menorah was lit by crushed pure olive oils. So it kept on burning. So that was the only light that was available. The lighting by the menorah. When you are in the outer court, the lighting is by sun. The sun is what illuminates you. It's a dimension of where you live on human philosophy. But when you move into the holy place, you move away from human philosophy, you move to the menorah, where God illuminates men. So as priests... We have to endeavor to function in the holy place where our illumination is from God and the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, then there was the golden altar of incense which signifies the prayer. Now, the high priest was the only one allowed into the holy of holies. And he would enter the holy of holies once in a year. The other days, the, the offerings could be brought in in the uh, outer court. 
ministering in the holy place, but the holy of holies, the high priest entered once. And even today, the Jews celebrate uh, that day. Who knows what they call it? They celebrated, I think, in the September. It was the end of September, yeah, I believe so. They call it Yom Kippur. Y O M K I. It's double P O R. It's a Jewish name. The high priest would enter in that place only once. And it was a very dangerous exercise. What they would do, the high priest had a garment. And the priest also had garments. Uh, it will take quite some time to explain the garment of the priest, but if you read those chapters, you'll find the garment of the priest. One of the things the priest had, at the hem of his garment, there were some bells and pomegranate fruits that were tied, they were around his garment. Yeah, round around his garment. So as the priest was ministering, they would hear, you know, him moving. Papa taught us about halaking, moving. And that's one way we exercise priesthood. Yeah? By dominion, by walking, but walking with insight. Now, they tied a string to the leg of the high priest. In the event, high priest Amajichanganya, he would die in the holy of holy place. And nobody could enter. What was the purpose of the rope? That if they don't hear movement for some time, you know, they would pull the rope and hear, you know, even if he was tired, then they'll pull and hear, okay, he's still alive. But if it, they would pull out the body out because nobody would enter until a new high priest is there. The significance of the, of the Holy of Holies, I want to believe the emblem of our church, ah, it's there. I took time to look at it. It is the Ark of the Covenant. There are two angels, covering angels over it. That was what was in the Holy of Holies. The high priest would minister in that place. That place will only light by the light of God. It was called the Shekinah glory. Say the Shekinah glory. So there is advancement. There is progression from the outer court the sun, moving to the holy place, the lighting by the menorah, and moving by the Shekinah. Praise the name of the Lord. DPFA Emma, when she was ministering here, she did justice on this topic, on the presence. In the presence of the Lord, the light that illuminates you is the Shekinah. We need, I want to challenge us to endeavor to push on in our priesthood into the presence of God. Praise the name of the Lord. This is where now the priest will get the counsel of the Lord. I don't know whether I'm on time. He'll get the counsel of the Lord. Now, part of the garment of the priest. He had what is called an effort. Inside the effort, there were two stones. They were called Urim and Thummim. These two stones would light in a certain way by the Shekinah. They would turn in a certain way and the priest, a high priest, 
will discern what God is saying about the nation of Israel beside interceding for them. One of the things that has happened, we want to move now from the Old Testament, we are moving to the New Testament. Christ became our high priest. In the Old Testament, the high priest, there will be a sacrifice and the high priest would move with the blood into the Holy of Holies. But Jesus has become the sacrifice. Praise the name of the Lord. The Levitical priesthood was not perfect. They keep doing it annually. The priest had to cleanse himself before he goes in. But Christ, being the perfect Lamb of God, became our sacrifice. So Christ is our high priest. And he entered into the heavenly tabernacle with his blood. Praise the name of the Lord. But Jesus now says in Revelation, we have read chapter 5, he has called us to be kings and priests. Peter says we have been called a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. So we exercise that mandate of priesthood even after the Lord Jesus went and presented his blood. We no longer offer sacrifices of blood and animals. But as a priest, we are called to offer spiritual sacrifices. Praise the name of the Lord. Christ has become our priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. Remember we read about the functionary that met with Abraham? The Bible says that Christ has become a priest Hebrews 5.5, 5, uh, some of the scriptures, you can write them down because of the time. Hebrews 7.17-22 7, and Psalms 1.10 verse 4. Uh, give me Hebrews 5.5, 5, we'll read and Psalms 1.10 verse 4. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto, unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. So Christ has become our high priest. Psalms 110 verse 4. 110 and verse 4. The silence is so loud. Eh? Are we communicating? I told you to encourage me so that when your turn comes, I will also encourage you. <laughs> because surely your turn is coming. Eh? And I say no one knows. No, the day of is coming. So prepare and be ready. Psalms 110 verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not repent, thou art priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Praise the name of the Lord. In closing, we define priesthood. One of the definitions we define is kingdom 
legislation and kingdom legislation and there's more anointing on this side. Eh? Kingdom legislation and litigation. Now, Micah chapter 4, Micah chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. pronounces as Micah or Micah 412. But in the last days it shall come to pass, the mountain of the Lord house shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. What does Christ envisage of the last day church? I believe and I'm convinced that we are the people who are going to usher in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take time to study on end time. I have a lot of interest in studying on end time. It's called eschatology. It says eschatology. The study of end times. And you look at the events that are happening around the world. One of the things that has been very interesting is about the nation of Israel. Say the nation of Israel. If you are a student of eschatology, I recommend that you look at the events that are happening in Israel and their significance. Someone say that Israel is the center and the holy temple, the, the temple mount is the epicenter. Israel is the center the Temple Mount is the epicenter. There's, I've not gone to Israel, but I read. There's a small piece of real estate where there's a lot of battle. Now, there's an institute. It's called the Temple Institute. They are trying to revive the Levitical priesthood. And they're even training priests. And they have been looking for the instruments of the temple. So that one is a very significant thing that has been happening, as you read the uh, end times, you'll see the significance of the, that temple, Israel trying to come up with that temple. So the end time church is called to be a glorious church. Say a glorious church. Glorious church. A prominent church. Say a prominent church. A prominent church. An influential church. An influential church. A relevant church. A relevant church. And a significant church. For this to happen, we must exercise priesthood. Praise the name of the Lord. We must capture territories. We must bring souls into the kingdom. And we must exercise dominion and protection of those territories and souls. Praise the name of the Lord. Papa has taught us about the seven mountains of influence. Who can remember them? First, I think my time is running out. Sorry? Media, Media yes. Uh, sorry? I can't hear. <laughs> There's a fam uh, the, the, the mountain of the church, or what's called religion, the mountain of the family, the mountain of education, the mountain of media, the mountain of arts, the mountain of government, the mountain of business and economy. Chances are that 
not all of us will get an opportunity to minister on the altar. But we have been called to minister where we have been called in those mountains. Praise the name of the Lord. So we must exercise priesthood on these mountains. In the mountain of business, those who have been in business, there are forces beside the forces of supply and demand. If you go to the market with only the force of supply and demand, you might not make it as a believer. There are forces. And there are priests who sits on top of those mountains. Our call is to exercise priesthood, rise to the top of those mountains and take command. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. One of the graces I've observed flowing very easily here, the mountain of education, Papa can jam education systems. Papa issues scholarships left, right and center, local, international, whatever. That tells us that we have dominion over that mountain. And we need to exercise that dominion. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Another one that I've discerned is the mountain of media. The growth of Testimony TV is phenomenal. You can't explain it naturally. You can't. You can't explain it. And this is one of the mountains that the enemy is using. And I thank God for Papa for launching of the FM TV, the, the Testimony TV. We need to capture this mountain. Yeah, for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to move to the top of these mountains. There are people who have sold their souls on this mountain for fame and money. And uh, they are being used to produce uh, music and sounds. Not only music, also sounds that bring perversion, that moves people away from God. One of these is a spirit called Babylon. Babylon is a spirit that takes you from the place of God and takes you into the world. We know the story of Daniel. They were taken away from uh, Jerusalem and they were taken to Judah and they were taken to captivity. But one of the things that made Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and his team was that they exercised priesthood even in captivity. Praise the name of the Lord. They dealt with that spirit called Babylon. And that's why you'll find Daniel exercised a lot of fasting. So if you want to conquer, we must reduce our intake of food. Say our intake of food. So if you want to effectively exercise priesthood, you have to reduce your intake of food. I'm usually very challenged by Auntie Grace and uh, Mama Judy. 12 midnight, we're in a group praying. 12 midnight. Auntie Grace, Auntie Judy. Back to back. Times one starts, the other one comes along. At that time, what are you doing on bed? bed? Times I'm dozing, but I struggle. I say, no, I cannot sleep. Eh? <laughs> there is no way Auntie Grace and Nani will be, and I'm, I'm sleeping. Unless I'm so, I'm so, at times I wake up and I know it, it's like a relay. I find they are still continuing. I get encouraged. But if I find they are finished, 
I feel bad. <laughs> and you see, she'll be there, you know, exercising priesthood at that hour, the hour between 12 and 12, 12 and 3, you know, exercising priesthood. I want to challenge our young people. There are many of us, please, at that hour, Evan Grace and Mama Judy can be awake at that time. I don't see the reason why you should be sleeping. The amens are few. I'll repeat. And if I find you and you're in the prayer team, eh? So they wake up at that hour, the inconvenience of sleep. They are not just praying. They are exercising priesthood. Taking territories for Christ. Crying to God for our lives, for the ministry, for everything. Yeah? Denying themselves that sleep. And I want to advise us, if you are woken up by the you know the blasting of the speakers in the estate? You know those people who blast the speakers around 4 a.m.? Those are the people who wake you up. Eh? Those are priests. Eh? And they speak into the womb of the morning. They know these spiritual laws. They speak into the womb of the morning. They capture the day. So when you wake up at 7 yawning and saying glory to Jesus, yawning, the priest, this priest have taken that it's not a, it's a serious matter. One time we were coming for Kesha with my wife and it was uh, just three something to four. It was just around uh, that very early morning. So the road was clear. So we could see ahead of us there's somebody who is walking but we couldn't tell who it is. But there was a person who was walking. So we were coming too slowly. I got curious. I said, we must observe what is happening. As we got close, we found this man. He was bare feet. He was walking on the side of the road. And he had something like a rosary. And he was walking on the side of the road. He had a cape, so you can place him. These are people who are exercising priesthood and taking territories. Close to 4 a.m. in the morning, I got challenged. We cannot afford to be sleeping. These people exercise priesthood. Papa was sharing with us about halaking, the way you walk, but you walk with understanding and insight, and you take territory. If you exercise priesthood effectively, that's when you can be able to say every place, the sole of my feet shall tread upon, I take it. But it doesn't occur just by mere words. You must exercise priesthood. There are other priesthood which are challenging that declaration. This is a principle that Joshua, God told Joshua, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given unto you. It wasn't just by walking. They exercised priesthood. They circled through the wall of Jericho. They were exercising priesthood. There were priests, there were musicians, while they were circling. Hallelujah. 
So Revelation 11.15. What is the ultimate of all this we have discussed today? And why do we exercise priesthood? And the seven angels sounded, and there were a great voice in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. We must go to the kingdoms, the systems, and subdue them and bring them to the obedience of Christ. So we must, you have no reason not to exercise priesthood, even in the place where God has called you, whether in business, in government, in education, in media, wherever God has called you, even as a student, you exercise priesthood in that institution. Give me Zechariah chapter 1, finally, and uh, this is going to be final. I remember SPFA Gabriel has taught us final and finally. <laughs> so, so this final. Zechariah chapter 1 from verse 19 to 21. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw and beheld four horns. Continue. And I said unto the angel, what talk that talked with me, what be this? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Continue. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then he said, what come these to do? And he spoke saying, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head, but these are come to free them, to cast out the horns of the Gentile, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah and to scatter it. Let us all be upstanding. I want to take us one prayer point as Papa will lead us. We want to deal with every horn that has scattered you. Any horn that has said you shall not rise. Any power that has said you shall, your family none shall rise. Any power that has said your business shall not rise. We want to declare that we release the divine carpenters to throw them down and to cast them down. Thank you. Have you been blessed? Lift your voice and say, my father, my father. As I begin to pray. Any horn that has come, that has risen, Upon my land, upon the hotel, upon my family, upon my career, upon my body, upon my spiritual life, upon my finances, upon the works of my hand, any home. That has come to scatter them. I release divine carpenters. I say I release divine carpenters. To destroy those horns now. Horns be destroyed from the roots. 
be removed from my life in the mighty name of Jesus. I said in the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth, begin to fire prayer. Anangi, I can't hear you. Ibindusia tolibriko raspakanda soni abaka. Desi na tolakura broba na sakati bikota brekena bakosia. Shindi tayindo lubokuro brisina makala kalio. Indesho na tita la mami ya kula sakuta baradi etimaki. Any heart. Besimbe tambla sopikada bala kadabose meki. Aritari andolebe prokona brata le kadabli kadabito samseke na barakona. Atishi na tuto lebita lakina tena bali kadabarada. Let every horn of my life be scattered. In the to come and scatter our health. I scatter it right now. Open your mouth, fire prayer. Bidi 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 la da ba kada se. I jisha manda ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da kada se di kada. Anda ba jisha na manda la ba da ba da ba da ba da ba. I in the bidi kada se bidi bidi kada di bidi kada brothers. Nti mi kala kada da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba. Any heart da ba da sa la bidi da kada bidi da bidi da ba kada sa ba. Whatever the enemy is using them, the blood of Jesus is against it. I receive my breakthrough. In Jesus' name, we worship.